The New York Rangers let one get away against the Buffalo Sabres and fall 3-2 in overtime. We're going to break down the big finish, everything that happened in the third period, overtime, and the shootout. Also going to talk about why this is a little bit of a rough night for Keandre Miller. Going to give props to Ryan Lindgren for winning the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award, as well as blocking a slap shot with his face in the overtime period. All this and much more on today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 803 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And yeah, we might as well not bury the lead here, just go right to the big finish and everything that happened down the stretch in this game. You know, the Rangers looked like they were on their way to a victory. They were up 2-1, to one, had a couple of chances in the third period to increase that lead. Uh, they were denied a couple of times by, you know, some great saves by Buffalo there. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. The Sabres were able to come back. The Sabres were the desperate team in this game, you know, clinging to... Uh, their playoff hopes right now, which is a couple of games remaining here. Sabres now down to just three games to go. Uh, but as far as the big finish to this one, Rangers up two to one in the third period, and the Sabres end up tying the game with a little bit less than 12 minutes remaining. And that happened basically because, uh, you know, Keandre Miller lost control of the puck. Middlestat put the rebound uh, into the net after Buffalo took a shot. And uh, it was just kind of the uh, the conclusion kind of of you know Keandre Miller having uh, just a rough night. It felt like every time he had the puck, he would turn it over. Uh, he was only charged with three giveaways, but still, uh, just not a banner night for, Ke- for Keandre Miller. Looked like he was just kind of a, a half step slow, and uh, I, I don't think it's anything that's like overly concerning. And we'll talk about Keandre Miller in greater detail a little bit later, uh, as well as Nico Mikola. Didn't think it was his best game either, but I, I don't think it's uh, anything to be too concerned about. I think it was just a little bit of an off night, uh, you know. Maybe partially for Mikola, uh, but certainly for Andre Miller in this game. The announcers were talking about that as well. Miller just did not look like himself. Uh, but then, you know, the game gets late in the third period to, to kind of go through the big finish here and kind of explain how we get to the shootout and overtime and all that good stuff. Uh, Ryan Lindgren has a chance in deep with less than two minutes remaining, and his shot goes off the glove of Levi and over the net. There was a great pass made by Patrick Kane there from along the boards. It was kind of tough to tell uh, what Kane was trying to do with the puck. He might have been trying to get it to Mika Zibanejad, but... It went past Mika. I don't think Mika actually deflected it at all. And Ryan Lindgren was there. He was kind of crashing the net. And he picks it up in stride, gets to a high danger area. There was really nobody in front of him. And once again, takes the shot, goes off the glove of Levi and deflects out of play. You know, Lindgren kind of, uh, you know, looked up to the sky after that one. And obviously, uh, he would have loved to have scored that goal there. If you guys remember, Ryan Lindgren actually did something similar to the Sabres last year. Uh, There was a game last year where Ryan Lindgren, realizing how little time was left, uh, in a tie game, third period, Rangers-Sabers, uh, he crashed the net, and uh, they got the puck to him, and he scored a goal with less than a second remaining to give the Rangers a very dramatic win last year, and this would have been a dramatic moment for Ryan Lindgren as well. Uh, it was an eventful night for Lindgren, beginning with when he won the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award, but we're going to talk about that in greater detail in just a second, but, you know, Lindgren obviously had a chance here to win it, and something else that 
is kind of uh, noteworthy here as far as Ryan Lindgren potentially scoring here. I mean, first of all, in all likelihood, would have been the game-winning goal. You never know. Maybe Buffalo ties it and we go to overtime anyway. But Ryan Lindgren in the overtime period ended up having to block a slap shot with his face. So if Lindgren would have scored here, if that puck would have been like maybe an inch or a half inch higher and not made contact with the glove of Levi, uh, then Lindgren scores here. He's the hero. The game doesn't go to overtime, and Ryan Lindgren does not have to block a slap shot with his face. So hockey can be a little bit cruel sometimes. But uh, regardless, you know, just another blue-collar, uh, wear your heart on your sleeve kind of an effort from Ryan Lindgren in this game. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, very, very excited to see him uh, back and ready to go and seemingly firing on all cylinders heading into the postseason where the Rangers will definitely need Ryan Lindgren. But we go to the overtime and we get Mika, Panarin, and Fox. Uh, Panarin made a really nice defensive play to prevent Tuck from going in on a rush. Then you get a couple of quick passes. Fox to Mika to Panarin uh, just missed there. And then Igor makes a really tough save, but there's a penalty on the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers are called for too many men, so Buffalo goes to the power play. And my first reaction here, my first instinct when the Rangers were called for too many men is, how do you possibly take a too many men penalty in overtime? Like, can you not count to three? If there's three skaters out there, don't jump onto the ice. Uh, but then you, know, you can kind of see how this happened. They end up showing a replay uh, between overtime and the shootout. So Panarin was, you know, calling for somebody to take his place. He was skating near the bench, but Panarin didn't see anybody ready to go, so he kept going. You know, he didn't want to take himself out of the play. It's three on three, and he's got to get back on defense. Uh, but, you know, Kreider, I guess basically Panarin and Kreider, they got their uh, their wires crossed. You know, you stay on, I'll go off kind of thing, and, you know, Panarin stayed on the ice. Kreider thought that Panarin was going to leave, so Kreider jumped onto the ice. Kreider you know, started to move into the play and then tried to backtrack to the bench, but the refs aren't going to miss this. They called them for too many men at that point, and you get a four-on-three power play for the Sabres. And I thought the Rangers did a nice job uh, on this penalty kill here. They go with Truba, Gaudreau, and uh, once again, Ryan Lindgren. You had Gaudreau stealing the puck and clearing it after Ryan Lindgren forced Jeff Skinner to give up the puck, you know, sooner than he would have liked. And then this is the moment where Ryan Lindgren gets hit in the face with the puck. And once again, we will get to that in greater detail when we talk about Lindgren and his winning of the uh, Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award. But Lindgren went right to the locker room. Uh, Rangers were able to kill off the penalty. And then you had a couple of nice saves in the final minute from Igor Shesterkin. He made a sliding save to his right on Cousins. And then another glove save with about 30 seconds remaining. Rangers were really back on their heels. I mean, obviously, when you're shorthanded in overtime, it's four on three, and you're going to be back on your heels a little bit by the very nature of a four-on-three power play. Uh, but then also, you know, just down the stretch, once the teams were back to uh, even strength and skating four aside, I'm almost positive, uh, trying to remember, but I believe this game ended with the teams skating four aside because after the uh, Buffalo power play expired, you know, obviously the the Ranger who was serving the penalty, that was Panarin, jumps back onto the ice, and you play 4-on-4 four four until the next play stoppage. I don't think there was another play stoppage. Uh, so they went 4-on-4 four four the rest of the way, and uh, nobody scores, and that sets the stage for what turned out to be a five-round shootout. Uh, Igor Shesterkin, first two rounds of the shootout, a couple of just really cool, common, collected glove saves. He denies Quinn. He denies Thompson. Uh, Kane and Mika also do not score for the Rangers. So going into the third round, uh, still scoreless. You've got Tuck making all kinds of moves, but Igor turns him aside. And then you're thinking this game is over because you got Artemi Panarin in the shootout where he very rarely misses. Uh, he goes wide to the left, makes all kinds of moves, you know, right there in deep. Uh, couldn't get Levi to open up. Levi stood with him all the way. Credit to him. Denies Artemi Panarin. Then Owen Power, you know, he scores with a rising shot to the glove side, but then Tarasenko ties it uh, with a uh, just a uh, 
great wrist shot. You know, he goes wide to the right, and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of deception. Tarasenko's just got that nasty wrist shot that, I mean, if you blink, you miss it, and that's kind of what happened here. He scored uh, middle stat, then scores for the Sabres. He goes forehand, backhand, and beats Igor, and then Capo Caco, you know, some stick handling on the doorstep, but didn't really get away a very good shot there, and he's denied, and uh, the Sabres win in the shootout. And the good news for people who don't like the shootout is... We've probably seen the last of it. I mean, I, I suppose Rangers and Maple Leafs could end up going there, but it's not part of the playoffs. Like I said in the past, I'm cool with the shootout, determining a winner. Uh, you know, if you play the five-minute overtime, three three versus three, and nobody scores, then go to the shootout, determine a winner. Uh, I'm cool with the shootout as long as they never even think about, you know, bringing it into the playoffs. The playoffs have to be 5v5. You play all night if you have to. Somebody has to score a goal and uh, win the game, you know, in the, in the right way. But for regular season, I think it's fine. Uh, going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I definitely want to talk about the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award. It's a really cool thing that the Rangers have been doing for decades now. And, of course, Ryan Lindgren winning the award for the first time. And we will get to that in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win. So do not miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And yeah, you know, I definitely wanted to spend some time uh, talking a little bit about uh, the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award in general, as well as, you know, Ryan Lindgren winning it and why it's so deserved that he does win it, and uh, just the ceremony uh, as well. So uh, first of all, some background information here. You know, we could have new Ranger fans, or there might just be some people um, who aren't familiar with this award. I think by now, you know, pretty much everybody um, has an idea of what it is and what it's all about. But uh, basically, once again, Ryan Lindgren wins the award. He is the third Ranger defenseman to win the award. He joins Adam Fox and Brian Leach, so obviously he's in good company there. And the award is awarded annually to the Ranger who, as chosen by the fans, goes above and beyond the call of duty. And I, for the record, voted for Ryan Lindgren. I remember the one day I was talking about that a little bit. So, um, you know, credit to everybody who voted in that. You can vote for any player on the team. But again, for some background information on this whole thing, Stephen McDonald was a third-generation NYPD police officer. He was shot in the line of duty. Uh, his son, Connor, also joined the NYPD, so up to four generations in that family, which is obviously very cool. Uh, Stephen McDonald passed away in 2017 at the age of 59. Uh, in addition to, you know, being a member of the NYPD, he was also a big-time Ranger fan and you know, it's just a great thing that the Rangers do to, to partner with, you know, Mr. Stephen McDonald and uh, establish this award. I think it's a great thing. And by all accounts, it really means a lot to the players. You know, they take it seriously. And I think the fact that the fans vote on it just gives it a little bit more prestige because, you know, you're voting for the player who, you know, just goes above and beyond out there and just plays with all kinds of effort. And, you know, Ryan Lindgren, the way he played in this game, it was certainly befitting uh, of a winner of the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award. But, you know, again, a little bit more background here. It was uh, established following the 1980s 
1987-1988 season, and I thought it was just a great pregame ceremony. The Rangers always do such a good job with this stuff, whether it's, you know, a player being inducted into, you know, having their jersey retired and lifted into the rafters. We saw that with Henrik Lundqvist not too long ago, whether it's something like Military Appreciation Night or Pride Night or, you know, Garden of Dreams Foundation. There's others, too. Those are just a couple off the top of my head. Um, but they always do such a good job uh, with, with these proceedings here, and I thought this was no exception for sure. Um, but the award was presented uh, by Stephen McDonald's son, Connor, who uh, himself is now a member of the NYPD. And I love this. I, I love this moment here because Connor referred to Ryan Lindgren as the heart and soul of this building. And what have I been calling Ryan Lindgren for, you know, the past, you know, season, two seasons, whatever it is? That's right, the heart and soul of the New York Rangers. So I, I I really smiled when I when I heard him say that. And again, it's just a very well-deserved, uh, you know, accolade for Ryan Lindgren. And uh, I mentioned a second ago that the way he played in this game was certainly befitting of somebody who would be awarded the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award. Lindgren, on his first shift of the game, gets hit in the mouth. It was friendly fire. Uh, Chris Kreider's stick came up, hit Lindgren in the mouth. You know, Lindgren was checking himself out on the bench, making sure he was okay. Uh, but of course that would happen. And then uh, the one that really kind of grabbed the headlines as far as something that Lindgren did in this game, uh, you're in overtime here, and Lindgren goes down to a knee to block a shot, which came from Jeff Skinner. And, you know, of all the players in this league who you don't want to get in the way of their slap shot, I think Jeff Skinner's pretty high up there. I mean, he can absolutely let it fly. Um, but, you know, Lindgren, it seemed to catch him pretty good. Lindgren claimed afterward that it was just a cut and said he was fine. It's only a flesh wound, I suppose. Uh, but this is what he had to say about it. Uh, I went down to block it, and I must have got pretty lucky. It just kind of grazed me and got my cheek a little bit, but I'm all right. Uh, yeah, Lindgren might have said that it just grazed him, but it looked to catch him pretty flush to me, and uh, they showed him on the bench a little bit later in the overtime. He went to the locker room initially, then he came back, and, you know, the, the right side of his face was starting to swell up, and there's a pretty good bruise there, and uh, I would imagine it, it looks even uh, looks even more grim today, um, you know, now that, obviously, it, it's been swelling up a little bit, and you know how it is. You get a bruise like that, it turns every color of the rainbow before it finally goes away, and uh, that'll probably be the case for Ryan Lindgren as well, but... Yeah, you know, Lindgren uh, finished this game with 20 minutes and 18 seconds of ice time. It's actually the third fewest among Ranger defensemen. Uh, he was also out there on the penalty kill for a minute and 57 seconds. Had one shot on goal, two hits, one block shot, and one takeaway. And I will say right now for the record that if the Rangers determine or, you know, Ryan Lindgren's not going to determine this. This will be a, a call by the New York Rangers if this happens. But if the Rangers determine, the coaching staff uh, comes to the decision that Ryan Lindgren could use the final day of the regular season off, I am completely cool with that. Not that they need my permission, but... Yeah, I mean, Ryan Lindgren, we saw him miss, you know, more games than he usually misses this year. I believe the final total was 19 games uh, that he missed. So, you know, the, the last regular season game, and we'll see what happens because right now the Rangers have one game left. The Canes and Devils both have two games left. And in theory, the Rangers could still win the division. So maybe if that opportunity presents itself, then you want to maybe try to go for it and put Ryan Lindgren out there. But if the Rangers are in a situation where they can't pass either the Canes or Devils, then maybe you think about giving Ryan Lindgren um, that that last game off because, you know, like I said, he takes a beating and sometimes you got to save these guys for themselves, uh, from themselves. And the priority right now is making sure that everybody is, you know, ready to go for the playoffs. And uh, with, with the style that Lindgren plays and the fact that he's been injured recently and you've got this game where Kreider's stick is hitting him in the face and he's getting hit by a Jeff Skinner slap shot, 
in the side of the face. I mean, you know, you got to save these guys from themselves again. So uh, we'll see. I think it's an option that should uh, at least be on the table, at least be under some consideration uh, from the Rangers. My guess is that they do not do that, and they just put him back out there and let Ryan Lindgren play Ryan Lindgren hockey, but something that I thought was at least food for thought. And uh, just kind of wrapping up, you know, this whole kind of uh, segment on the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award here. Going to leave you guys with a quote from Ryan Lindgren, something that he said after the game as it pertains to winning the award. It's a huge honor. You think about New York City, the cops, and the people that sacrifice makes it special. I'm really excited. And yeah, once again, the Rangers uh, in general just knock it out of the park uh, with their presentation of this entire ceremony and, um, you know, just, just, you know, paying respects to somebody that deserves that honor. And you know, the Rangers always do a great job with all these different theme nights uh, that they have. And, and once again, this was a great example of that. So I'm going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to talk about uh, the Rangers' decision to play Igor Shesterkin in this game and uh, kind of try to figure out what they're thinking for Thursday as far as which goalie uh, might be in the net. Also going to talk about a rough night for K. Andre Miller. And uh, going to talk a little bit about this matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. And we will do all that in just a second. All right, so when there were three games left for the uh, Rangers remaining in the regular season, I tried to map out what I think they might do, what I think they should do as far as the goalies are concerned, which goalie should play which games uh, down the stretch here. And my idea when there were three games left was you go Igor, Halak, Igor, because I didn't think there was really a reason for Igor to play all three of those games unless you just want to step on the gas and make sure that he's really ready to go and really back to being the Igor Shesterkin that we all know and love. Um, but by that same token, I also wanted to see Igor play the final game of the regular season because if he doesn't play in that game on Thursday against Toronto, then he's going to go uh, about a week between games because this game against Buffalo occurred on Monday and the Stanley Cup playoffs don't start until the following Monday. And that's if the Rangers even play on that Monday. They might not play until the next night on Tuesday. So we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. Um, but you know, I understand that the coaching staff and, and specifically Benoit Lair, you know, they're on top of the situation. I'm sure they've got some kind of a plan in place. I haven't seen anything where, you know, it's been announced which goalie is going to start on Thursday. At this point, I'd say just go with Igor and just keep rolling with him. Uh, it's going to be three days between games, between the second to last game of the regular season and the last game of the regular season. And then the Rangers won't play on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, they'll play on Monday at the earliest. So, you know, if Igor plays this game, it's not like they're running him into the ground or anything like that. Um, so I, I think it's okay to do that, to have him play the, the final three regular season games here. The other option that's on the table, and I really don't expect the Rangers to do this because teams just don't do this like pretty much ever. Uh, I suppose in that game against Toronto, you could have Igor Shesterkin start the game and play about half of the game. And then, you know, halfway through, you take him out, you put Yaroslav Halak in and you let Halak take you home uh, the rest of the way there. Um, but again, teams just don't do that. And I don't expect the Rangers to do that. I don't even want the Rangers to do that. I just thought I would float it out there uh, as an option. And I especially don't want the Rangers to do that if, you know, passing the Canes and or the Devils in the standings is still on the table because you don't want to be messing around, you know, treating it like a preseason game. Teams do that in the preseason. You know, one goalie will start the game, play about half of the game, come out for, you know, the other goalie. And that's just kind of a way for them to, to work everybody back into the swing of things. But everybody's into the swing of things now. You know, we're, we're going into the final game of the regular season here. So uh, I see no reason why Igor can't play in that game. I uh, also wanted to talk about 
A little bit of a rough night for Mikola and certainly for, Ke- for Keandre Miller. Uh, just neither one of them were really at their best. Mikola had a really rough shift on Buffalo's first goal. He had a couple chances to corral the puck, you know, just couldn't couldn't reel it in. Uh, there was an instance where the puck bounced off of his skate, went right back to the Sabres. Sabres got control of the puck, ended up scoring a goal as a result of that. Um, in Mikola's slight defense, he was on the ice. He was caught out there for a long time, almost a full two minutes, but uh, he did not look good on this goal here. And then Keandre Miller, I'm really not sure what was going on with Miller in this game here. Uh, like I said earlier, it felt like every time he had the puck, he ended up turning it over. And he turned it over at least twice right in front of the Ranger net. Like I'm talking right in front of the net, like in the slot there. Probably the worst place on the ice that you could possibly turn over the puck. And, uh, you know, just didn't really seem necessary. It's not like he was under tremendous pressure and, you know, somebody made a great defensive play. He just couldn't handle the puck. I mean, that was kind of the theme all night with Keandre Miller, uh, fumbling the puck every time he had it, or that's what it felt like at least. To me, it was just an off night, uh, but I will be keeping an eye on Keandre Miller in the regular season finale. Want to see him play, uh, you know, significantly better than he did in this game. Um, you know, heading into the playoffs. But the second time that he turned the puck over in front of the Ranger net, it burned the Rangers. Uh, that was the game tying goal by Middlestat. You know, again, he, he received a pass. It was just a run-of-the-mill pass in the defensive zone. Wasn't under pressure, but I don't know if the puck started hopping on him or what, but he, he started backskating and left the puck in front of him. The Sabres picked it up. They end up, uh, you know, scoring a goal. Uh, Miller was cre- credited or charged, I guess, with uh, three giveaways on the night. And to me, I- I'm willing to write this off as just a, a flukish off night for Keandre Miller, and I'd much rather have it happen now than in the playoffs. But like I said, I will be keeping an eye on him uh, for sure and hoping for better results um, in the game against Toronto to conclude the regular season. And that leads me in pretty nicely to something else that I want to talk about here. I figure we can end with this today. Uh, One more game for the Rangers. You know, this is it. I think a lot of us are ready for the postseason to start. I think the players are ready. The coaches are probably ready. Uh, But the final game will be this Thursday at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think this is an ideal opponent for the New York Rangers to wrap up the regular season with. Uh, First of all, Leafs and Rangers are both going to the playoffs. They're both I mean, the Leafs for sure, they're, they're locked into second place in their division. The Rangers can still go up in the standings. It, it's at least possible, but we know that both teams are going to the playoffs. And that being the case, I think that neither team is going to try anything dirty in this game. You know, there there could be some teams, depending on who the Rangers were finishing the season with, there could be some teams that just don't like the Rangers, they've had some beef with the Rangers, that if they weren't going to be going to the playoffs, like the Washington Capitals definitely come to mind here. Imagine if the Rangers were closing the regular season against the Caps. That is the last team I'd want the Rangers to play in the last game of the regular season because they're not going to the playoffs. They're used to being in the playoffs every year. I'm sure they're frustrated. It's been a bad season for them. They had to be sellers at the trade deadline. And we see how dirty that team plays when they're trying to chase down a playoff spot. Can you imagine how they'd be acting against the Rangers in a game where they have nothing to play for? That would be a little bit of a scary situation. So I'm glad that the Rangers don't have to deal with that. I mean, not that the Rangers can't stick up for themselves and can't give it right back to the Capitals, but I don't want to see the Rangers have to go to war with a team and, you know, all these dirty hits and three or four or five fights in the final game of the regular season before the playoffs. I mean, on one hand, maybe that gets you ready for the playoffs because it's physical and, you know, high stakes and high intensity. But on the other hand, I just want everybody to get through the game healthy. So I would have no interest in seeing the Rangers uh, end their regular season against a team like the Capitals. I think a team like the Maple Leafs, uh, Leafs have some tremendously skilled players, you know, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, the list goes on and on. And, you know, if the Rangers are matched up against the Devils, they've got no shortage of superstar forwards either. So I think it's a good way to kind of get ready for that type of a matchup. And we'll see, again, how hard each of these teams go in the final game of the regular season could go either way. 
you know, it, it's one of those things. I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. You, you could see this be a 60-minute pillow fight or maybe both teams, you know, there's a big hit and all of a sudden the, the temperature rises and both of these teams uh, see this as, you know, one final tune-up before the playoffs begin. But uh, I would imagine that it's not going to be a game that's going to be overly nasty. I don't think there's going to be cheap hits left and right. Uh, I haven't really seen a whole lot of that when the Rangers play the Maple Leafs anyway. And the Leafs, as far as physicality goes, not really something that they're known for. Uh, they're 10th to last in hits per game. So I think that limits the chances of injury. I think that also limits the chances of, uh, you know, this turning into just a nasty, ugly hockey game. And uh, I think that's an ideal situation when you're dealing with the last game of the regular season and, uh, you know, a spot where you know that you're already going to the playoffs. A couple other things I wanted to hit on real quick before we call it a day. This is a cool stat that they showed during the game. Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad are the first teammates on the Rangers to have 90-plus points in the same season since Mark Messier and Brian Leach did it all the way back in 1991-1992. And, you know, it's funny that it wasn't even the season that the Rangers won the Cup. It was a couple seasons before that. Um, another stat here that I wanted to throw out there, Igor Shesterkin, this was the eighth time in his last 10 games that he has held the opposition to two goals or less. And I know the Sabres technically won this game 3-2, to two, but... When you win a game in the shootout, you know, you're awarded with that that extra goal to give you the win, but that goal does not count against the goalie, doesn't count against his, uh, you know, save percentage or, or anything like that. Um, so technically, Igor only gave up two goals in this game, even though the Sabres won it 3-2. Uh, to two. And then uh, I figure we can do one final standings check here before uh, the regular season wraps up. So Rangers now have played 81 games. The Canes and Devils both have a game in hand on the Rangers. They have both played 80 games. The Canes are in first place with 109 points. The Devils are in second place with 108 points, and the Rangers are in third place with 107 points. So technically, yes, the Rangers could still uh, win the division. To do that, the Rangers would have to win their last game, and the Canes would have to lose both of their remaining two games in regulation. And of course, the Devils uh, would not be able to pass the Rangers either because then they would win the division. So uh, we'll see how everything shakes out. I mean, finishing third place still seems like the most likely scenario, but you never know. You know, there's a lot of different ways this, ho this whole thing could go here. And uh, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, how the regular season ends. And hey, then it's, it's time for some Ranger playoff hockey. And I think we're all pretty excited about that. I know I am. But I figure I'll leave you guys with a quote from Philip Hedl, uh, something that he said after the game when he was asked about the standings, because there's a lot of conjecture, a lot of debate on the standings and the importance of home ice and all that good stuff. But great quote from Philip Hedl here. This is what he had to say. If we want to win the Stanley Cup, we have to beat anybody anywhere. Yeah, amen, amen. I think that's a great way to look at it. And, you know, home ice advantage is, is nice, but it's not the end-all, be-all. And uh, you got to be able to get it done on the, on the road in the playoffs, just like you have to be able to get it done at home. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.